Good evening, good evening, good evening, everyone. This is your host, Clarence Eversley. You guys can call me CJ. We'll be getting to know each other for a while now, so uh, you guys can call me that. But um, this is your host, Clarence Eversley, CJ, whoever you like to prefer. Welcome to the Christian Prison Reentry Podcast for Men, entitled Unfinished. This is our first session. I'm so excited to get this started back up. Um, just for those of you who didn't in- listen to the intro, I just wanted to go over what the title of this podcast means, Unfinished. Unfinished, that title came to me, the Lord gave me that title, which came from the scripture, Philippians 1, 6, which entails, which says, he who began to go work and you shall complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So if God has begun to go work in you and he is not done with you yet, we are still unfinished works. And to me, that's just a beautiful thing that day after day after day, as we grow with the Lord, as we walk with the Lord, uh, he shows us new things and open new pathways for us to, to grow. And, you know, uh, change doesn't happen overnight. We understand that although we serve a God who is can, can make change instantaneous and can make change suddenly. You know, but as as human beings and, you know, stuck in this stubborn flesh that we're in sometimes, uh, you know, um, God gives us free will and he gives us uh, the the time and the chance and opportunity to make decisions on our own. And I think that it's just a beautiful thing that we can grow and walk with the Lord daily and watch something that everyone has given up on. Everyone has totally spoken against and ridiculed and criticized, whether it's a person, an idea, or whatever. And then you 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 see God take that, and it just flourishes into something and blossoms into something that's beautiful. Something that people just threw away, God takes it and just blossoms and blossoms it into something that's beautiful. We are an unfinished work. So God has begun something in you. You are unfinished. And this podcast is uh, geared towards individuals who are re-entering back into society from prison, incarcerated men specifically. Um, God bless you guys. Listen, let me tell you something. God is with you. I don't care if you feel alone. I don't care if who told you that. Uh, the crime that you did was too heinous and you might have trouble forgiving yourself or others might have trouble forgiving you and your family and uh, your baby mom, the wife or whoever. Uh, even your children or even some of those closest to you that you thought would never throw you away or never uh, not, you know, not give up on you, just be there by your side. Uh, God didn't give up on you. You know, the Bible says that God is close to the broken heart of those who are poor and crushed in spirit. So believe that. Believe that you are unfinished work and that God loves you. Uh, I want to start this uh, podcast off with a, a prayer and a scripture. Um, I want to go to the scripture. Uh, Luke chapter 12, uh, verse 6 and 7. Tonight. Our episode is going to be on the title of values. We're going to talk about values tonight. We're going to talk about what are values, why values are important, 
Uh, I'm going to give some examples of what values are to me. Um, why are why are values important for re-entry men to have? Um, and what does it take to develop a value system and to live that out every day and just be consistent with that and develop a commitment to it? We're going to talk about these things because this is a big issue for someone who's been removed from society for a period of time and coming back into society and try to reintegrate themselves. This is it's, it's important that you understand and know what is important to you, that you identify that. That gives you purpose. And we'll talk more about that. But I want to get into the scripture. Uh, Luke 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. It reads as thus, are there not five sparrows sold for two farthings and not one of them is for forgotten before God? Verse 7 reads, but even the very hairs on your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are more value than many sparrows. But even the very hairs on your head are numbered. I'm reading it again. Fear not, therefore, ye are more value than many sparrows. So God values you. You know, God values you. I want to kind of break down this scripture too. You know, in verse 6, um, we says, are not five, five uh, sparrows sold for two farthings? Uh, of course, you know, in the Bible days and back in those days, you know, uh, birds were sold. You know, that was that was something that how that was a way of people people how people made money uh, they would sell birds and not one of them are forgotten before god you know whether sold taken into captivity <laughs> to be sold neither one of them are forgotten before god if god pays attention to the little birds of the air and the sparrows that are being sold for however amount of money and they're not forgotten before him he doesn't forget you also because you are of or of even more value than, than sparrows. You're valuable to God. God is close to you. God thinks about you. God, you know, I think about that scripture where David said, uh, where David said, who are you that you are? Who, what is a man that you are mindful of him? That this mighty God, the creator of all, is mindful of us things that we go through the things that affect us the things that uh we go through emotionally mentally you know things that we go through in our marriage things that we go through in our career things that we go through on the job with our boss things that we go through with our children you know god is is is, is close to to us he he knows our, our affections he knows the things that bothers us you know how what is man that you are mindful of him god is mindful of you today and he loves you and he values you. You're valuable to God. And God wants to take your life. He wants to use it for his glory. Values. Is our topic for tonight. So we're going to get into a prayer. I just want to say a prayer real quick. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that you have given me and those who are listening, listening audience. Uh, this time, Lord God, in this, this space, Lord God, to discuss these issues that affect the 
these re-entering individuals coming back into society, Lord God. We, we understand that, Lord God, that this is a population that is forgotten about. This is a population that people don't put an emphasis on, Lord God, about their, their lives coming back into society and, Lord, and, uh, how they can lead successful lives, Lord. This is, this is something that's uh, not talked about often, Lord God, but I know that you care. I know that they are valuable to you, Lord God. Lord, I think about your, your, in your word where you told your disciples, Lord God, that you said, listen, I, I was naked and you didn't clothe me. I was hungry. You didn't feed me. I was in prison and you didn't come see me. Lord God, and you said, if you've done this to the least of them, you have done it unto me, Lord God. So I know that you care about this population. I know that you care about these men, Lord God, that are looking for another chance, Lord God, after they have had two, three, four, five, six, seven chances, Lord God, even more and more, Lord God, and it's still messed up, Lord God, and they're looking for a chance to redeem themselves, they're looking for their identity, Lord God, they're looking for a chance, Lord God, to, Lord God, to, 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 to establish themselves again, Lord God, in, in their lives, Lord God, in the lives of their, their children and their family members, Lord God, they, they want to be recognized, Lord God, they want to be proud of themselves, and they want to have some achievements, Lord God, and I, I, I understand that their plight, Lord, because I've been there. And Lord, you've given me so many chances, oh God, to correct, Lord God, my behavior, Lord God. And Lord, I, now you have brought me, given me this opportunity, oh God, to develop this podcast, oh God, to bring this message to these men, oh God. Even as you told Peter that even after you have been converted to go strengthen your brethren, and this is what I'm doing, Lord God. So I just pray, Lord God, that those who are listening tonight, Lord God, that this would be impactful, it would be meaningful, that you would speak to their spirit, Lord God. For the things that we discussed tonight, Lord God, let them know, Lord God, that you value them, Lord God, and you are, they are important to you, Lord God, and you want to use their lives for your glory. You want to change them and transform them, Lord God. I pray that every listening ear tonight will be transformed through the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus name. Amen. All right. So let's get, let's get into values. So when you think of uh, values, what, what do you think of? What do you think of? Let's, let's talk about the definition of value. A value is something that you believe matters the most to you in your life. Things that matter the most to you in your life. And everyone's values are different. My values might not be the same as yours. Your values might not be the same as mine or anyone else's, you know. But a value is something that you cherish and things that you believe matter the most to you in your life. Why is it important for re-entering individuals, people who have been incarcerated for a period of time to now entering back into society to have values? Why, why is it important? I'll tell you why it's important. Because values help you identify purpose. And if a purpose, if a person can identify the things that are important to them in their life, they can find a purpose to serve those causes. You can't expect to know what you want out of life if you don't know what's important to you. I'm going to repeat that again. You can't expect to know what you want out of life if you don't know what's important to you. So in order to have purpose, you have to identify the things that are important to you and those things are values and we're going to talk later about why about how to create a value system right so i i wrote down some um just to give you guys an example 
of some things that I value and what, what is what are some things that are important to me in my life and these are some things that I have identified and these things give me purpose these things affect the decisions that I make these things um, affect the goals that I set they help me be more self-aware uh, they dictate my behavior um, these are the things that help me change and shape me me to the man that I am now and that and and continue to become uh, and I thank God for that but it's important to have values because you have to identify the things that are important to you those things shape you they mold you and they give you a purpose to, to, to live and to serve um, you can't expect to know what you want out of life if you don't know what's important to you once again so one of the, when I wrote down uh, some of the things of value to me, um, I wrote down seven things. Number one on my list was a relationship with God. A relationship with God is very important to me because a relationship with God is my foundation. I have been in so many situations uh, where even when I was backslidden, run, ran away from God, where um, God has shown to me that my true success is only going to come through living for him i know that i know that personally because i've been through enough situations where i had to learn the hard way and i know that so having a relationship with god is very important to me that that's something that i value is uh, my top priority um when i go times without praying and not being dedicated not being consistent and not reading you know my word and staying in prayer and being prayerful and being steadfast with God my relationship with him suffers you know I become uh, I, I begin to get tempted in different ways I I start to see how you know my flesh I, I, I will lean towards my own flesh and my, my own thinking more than towards the spirit of God um, I, I can I could just feel it I can just feel the difference and I don't like being in that place. I don't like being in a place where I'm not under the direction of the guide of guidance of the Holy Spirit. So having a relationship with God is really, really important to me uh, because it keeps me grounded. It keeps me grounded. And I just feel better. I just feel better. When I'm in a good space with God, I just I feel better. I feel excellent. I feel like I, I can just do anything. I feel like um, <laughs> like the sky is the limit. I really feel like that. You know, and, you know, when I am steadfast with God, you know, my relationship with him, I know he's pleased with me. And if God is pleased with you, then, you know, that's a uh, successful life. And um, uh, that's important to me. Um, Number two on my list is love. Love. And I think love is like a universal language that all of us respond respond to, because uh, if you think about it, um, you think about a little child, right? Like, I have a three-year-old daughter, right? Um, she likes a lot of different things. She likes toys. She likes um, cartoons. And, you know, her favorite is ba- baby sharks. She likes to play. She likes a lot of different things. But the most things that she, she's responsive to a lot of things. But what she is most responsive to is love. I see that. You know? Um... And for me, I'm responsive to love. I think a lot of us as human beings are responsive to love because 
love is something that's unfailing. Love is something, if it's true love and it's unconditional love, it's something that's unfailing. Love, you know, the Bible gives us the definition that it hopes all things, believes all things, endures all things. You know, it's it's, it's one of those things where it, it's, it's, it's unfailing in a sense where you, you know, can love someone with the love of God um, or have the love of God. So it's, I... I, you know, the love that I have for my wife, the love that I have for my children, the love that I have for uh, the things that I'm passionate about, that's important to me, you know. It's important that I have people in my life that love me and that I love. Um, it's important that um, I'm passionate about the things that I love because it gives me, it, it, it fuels my purpose, you know. So uh, having love is important to me, you know. Um, it, it makes me feel uh, like I belong. It makes me feel um, like I have something to do, you know. And uh, it makes me feel that, um, how can I say, what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, it just makes me, it gives me, it gives me a, a purpose to belong. You know, the love that I've received from my wife, the love that I have for my wife, the love that I receive from my children, the love that I have for my children and um, the things that I'm passionate about. And, you know, my brothers and sisters in Christ, my church family, all those things, uh, my parents, you know, my siblings, you know, family members, you know, different ones. It's just, you know, I, I just don't feel like a, a person can really last long if they don't have anything that they love or people in their life that love them. You know, it's a very cold, lonely world without love, honestly. Um, relationships is number three on my list. Not just any relationship, meaningful relationships. Meaningful relationships. And what I mean by meaningful relationships is relationships that uh, push you. Relationships that keep you thriving. Um, I say all the time. That, you know, when we mention the word relationship, the first thing we start thinking about is, uh, you know, being involved with somebody uh, uh, in a way, in an intimate way or in a, in a way where you're dating someone or something like that. No, a relationship can be a business partnership. A relationship could be uh, 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 a friendship you have with your neighbor. A relationship could be uh, that co-worker that you go out for coffee with every morning before y'all start work. Uh, a relationship can be uh, just friends, mutual acquaintances, or you know, people that you went to college with, or you know, uh, a relationship, those are relationships, you know? But I feel like if you have relationships that are not pushing you to be a better person, if they're not helping you live in your purpose, if they're not helping you thrive, then that relationship is meaningless. Why have relationships if they're meaningless? You want to establish meaningful relationships. So that's another thing that I value that's important to me, to have meaningful relationships. Uh, not just people that in my life that I can push and motivate, but uh, people who can push and motivate me as well. Because there are some days and sometimes, there are some days and sometimes where, you know, I'm just like, man, I don't know how much more I can take, or I'm just tired, or, you know, I'm just, 
in a space where uh, I'm just I just feel unmotivated and, and inactive and you know you, you need you need people who are purposeful people who are purpose driven people who are motivated people who push you to be your best the best the best version of you you need those kind of people in your life those are meaningful relationships because they push you when you don't when you can't push yourself because we all run out of fuel at some time you know um it's, it just is what it is you know we uh are human you know and uh it's important to surround yourself with people who are like-minded, people who have, who are uh, motivated to achieve their goals, uh, just like you, and people who are purpose-driven. That's important. Um, number four on my list is um, how I define success. Um, I've had times in my life where, uh, you know, when I was younger, when I was 25, success. The way I view success doesn't look like how I view success now at 39. You know, when I was 24, 25, working in a casino in Atlantic City, I thought success was, you know, coming to work in a four or $500 suit, uh, Savator Ferragamo loafers, Gucci belts, you know, having about $800, dollars in my pocket, uh, having a flock of women, women around me all the time. Uh, in and out the strip club <laughs> every other weekend, you know, having all this clout and reputation, you know, and, and reputation and uh, friends in important places and high places and in positions that, you know, a favor and, you know, all those things that that's what I thought success was to me, you know, and um, it, it looks very different uh, now at 39, you know, so it's important to me that um you know, when I, whenever I have opportunity uh, to know that it is a uh, a door that that's open to be successful, you know, to gain success. And uh, whenever God puts people in my life, um, that's an opportunity to be be successful uh, by being impactful to that person, or you know, aligning your 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 vision, your goals with that person, and um, it, it, it just looks different to me now. So being able to define success in a meaningful way um, is important to me because uh, that, that keeps me focused. That keeps me on the right path. Um, you know, you, you have some men out there my age, you know, who success might be still like, you know, driving a nice fancy car. And there's nothing wrong with having a nice fancy car, but um it's important that you know how what success looks like to you so that you can stay on that path and be be focused because it's easy to get derailed if you don't know what success looks like to you and how you define success. Um, gratitude. Big one, big one, big one here. That's number five on my list. Um, I remember when I was a drug and alcohol counselor, uh, in Atlantic City is working for a methadone clinic. Um, one of the exercises that we always used to give our clients was a gratitude list. We should tell them to write down the gratitude list. Write down, make a list of five to 10 things that you're grateful for. We should do that in group. That used to be like a group exercise that we used to do. And I started incorporating that in my own life because when you 
write down uh, or, or list down, you know, the things that you're grateful for on a daily basis or uh, on a weekly basis. Um, it, it gives you something to keep pushing forward towards. You know, it's in the forefront of your mind. Like, wow, look what God is doing in my life. Look what God has done, you know, and look what I have going on. You know, and, and it, it gives you um, a more of a ambition and, you know, not to take things for granted. And you start to really, really, you know, just having an attitude of gratitude is, is, is I think, part of the formula for a successful person. Um, because just having what you're grateful for in the, in the, in the it's, it's like a compass. Having what you're grateful for in the forefront of your mind just keeps you on the right path because you're consciously, you're daily, you're, you're, you're conscious daily of what God is doing in your life and what is happening in your life. You're paying attention to it and you want to stay on that path. And uh, it, it just makes your heart warm and you just become whole and it's easy to heal from uh, past trauma and situations. You know, when you are in a space where you are just grateful for the moment and grateful for what's going on, um, it's so easy to focus on what we don't have and what's not right. But try to list down five to seven things or five to ten things that you're grateful for on a weekly basis or on a daily basis. However, it works for you. But it's important to have an attitude of gratitude. That that kind of that's a compass for uh, success. Um, number six on my list is time. I really do value time. Now, my wife tells me all the time that I like to waste time. She said, because a lot of times, like, you know, we could have, we could uh, make plans to go somewhere and, you know, I'll be silly trying to mess around with her and, like, you know, playing around with her and being silly and stuff like that. It's just, you know, just playing because I'm really playful and silly sometimes with my wife. And, uh, <laughs> you know, she'll, she'll, she'll uh, be like, yo, like, come on, like, you, why are you wasting time? You like to waste time. So, um, and, I could probably be a little better with it, but I'm a person who definitely believes in the effective use of time. Um, I'm in the process of trying to start getting up more earlier <laughs> because I feel like people who have an early jump on a day really uh, understand how to use time effectively and they really understand how to maximize their, their day and their time, you know. Um, but have an effective use of your time. You'll see like a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of CEOs of companies, they'll, they'll say this, like the way you spend your time is, is, is valuable. You know, it's time is valuable. Why? Number one, you can't get it back. You know, when time, once it's done, it's done. You, you can't, you can't get it back. Like today is August 15th, 2021. After... Once it hits uh, 12 a.m., you we will never see August 15, 2021 again. It's gone. It's gone. You know, we'll never be able to get this day back, ever. You know, so, um, you know, once it's gone, it's gone. So, it's, you know, make an effective use of your time. Make an effective use of your time. Make sure that, you know, uh, whatever you're doing, 
throughout the day that you are being productive, that you're being efficient, uh, that you, you know, you're meeting your goals, setting your goals, um, that you're not wasting time, that you're doing something that's productive because you can't get the time that you waste back. And that's important. Um, Number seven and my last one, productivity. I feel like uh, whenever I'm busy and whenever I'm, you know, just getting things done, I'm being productive. And that makes me feel good. That makes me feel like I'm getting uh, goal things done. Um, you know, I'm really uh, knocking out my goals out of the park. I'm really just focused and, and it, it makes it just makes me it just gives me this good feeling of feeling of accomplishment. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm really getting it done. You know, I'm crushing it. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Uh, so being able to produce while, um, you know, and that's, that's, I guess this is like a, uh, um, you know, what I was just talking about, about effective use of time. You know, if you are a person who's uh, makes effective use of your time you can also be productive as well you're, you're producing you're, you're you're producing well uh so productivity i think is is uh, uh you know uh, uh, a product of um how well you spend your time so and make it effective use of your time so that's that's my seven right there um i don't know what anyone else um values are but uh, feel free to uh, share them with someone. Um, but yeah, uh, the next thing I want to get into is um, let's talk about creating a value system. Let's talk about creating a value system. So I listed down five things that I feel like uh, a person who's re-entering back into society, uh, developing a relationship with God, getting back into your children's lives, getting back into uh, the workforce, um, getting back into a setting where you are, whether you're in transitional living or you are uh, living with a family member or getting your own place, you know, um, it's, it's a process. It's a transition, you know, and it's not easy, you know, and it, it's going to take you having a different mentality. Um, so I think the first thing um, that a person should, should do, should, should understand when you're making a value, when you're setting a value system for yourself is understand that having values affects your decision making why is decision making important for individuals who are incarcerated you obviously have engaged in criminogenic behavior it's become a pattern for you it's become something that you made a lifestyle out of um, we have not been good at making our, making decisions in the past uh, so going forward and coming out and reintegrating back into society now, trying to live, lead a purposeful life, a law-abiding life. Values kind of dictate the decisions that you make because when you have things in your life that are important to you and you they're in the forefront of your mind and you are fo- so focused on getting these things done, you're going to make healthy decisions. You're going to have uh, healthy relationships. You're going to have people in your life that are doing the right thing. You know, you're going to be very conscientious about uh, the life that you live, the places that you go, the things that you do, you know, what you're feeding yourself daily, you know, uh, is what you become. 
what you're watching, what you're entertaining, what you're reading, what you're, you know, listening to, all those things, you know. Uh, Decision-making is key. Decision-making is key, you know. It's uh, a person who has values, uh, your values dictate your decision-making. Number two on my list is uh, impulsivity. Now, uh, (laughs) you know, impulsivity... um, I, I've, this is something that kind of resonates with me well too because um, you know I've been very very impulsive like almost my whole life and I've gotten out of that by learning from the consequences of my decisions um, take now I take the time out to just ponder on things and to uh, carefully look at like okay if I do this make this decision you know you know without careful thought or uh, guidance you know this could happen you know there's more consideration that goes into now me making decisions you know I'm not as impulsive as I used to be you know and that's all because I have developed a value system as well you know um, I understand that me making a quick decision without much thought can you know, result with me facing consequences, which can take me away from the things that are very important to me, you know, which are my values, you know, um, that's important, so, uh, impulsivity, I don't know if there's anyone else out there that, that that's hearing me that battles with that, but, you know, listen, I, I hear you and I feel you, you know, um, I have not been a person who, uh, I'm guilty of that I have not been a person all my life who's, you know, carefully thought out, you know, uh, before I, carefully thought out things before I made a decision, but, um, thanks be to God, do that now, um, let's talk about goal setting, goal setting, now, we all know that goal setting is important because, um, goal, what goals do is, uh, it gives you something to push forward to and to look forward to and to achieve, um, and if you have something to achieve and a person who knows that they have something to do is going to work towards it. If they're motivated to work towards it, they're going to get it done. And day in and day out, they're going to develop a routine and they're going to have discipline to get that uh, thing accomplished. Um, but when, once again, when you have values and you have things in your life that are important to you and you have identified what those things are and you have endeavor to serve those causes um, you set goals you set goals and another thing that setting goals does do and I, I've seen this in my own personal life is that it improves your self-esteem and improves your self-esteem and your self-efficacy self-esteem and self-efficacy self-esteem you know you feel better about yourself when you're getting things done self-efic- self-efficacy I don't know why I never could pronounce that word correctly. <laughs> Self-efficacy, doing things efficiently. You know, your your ability to get things done. You know, you start to believe in yourself. You start to store. You start to have more belief in yourself that okay, I, I I can do this. I can get things done. You know, a person who, if you haven't been a person who gets things done efficiently and in a timely manner, you don't meet deadlines on time or whatever that case may be. Um, 
when you get into a space where you start to get things done and get them done efficiently and orderly, that builds your self-efficacy. Like, okay, I wasn't this person that could do this before. Now I can. I got more faith in myself. I got more belief in myself. I can get things done. I can not only get things done, but I can get things done efficiently. You know? Um, and that's great. Um, self-awareness. Self-awareness. It's always important to know where you are mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, daily. That kind of sets the compass for your day. A person who has values is self-aware of what's going on in their world and in their life. And they have it structured to a point where the things that are a priority come first. They don't have time for games. They don't have time for foolishness. Especially if you're a person who has done time already. You see how not making effective use of your time or taking time for granted has affected you. So now you're more self-aware. You're more self-aware of where you are spiritually. You're more introspective now. You know, you pay attention to yourself spiritually and what's going on with you. And what you're feeling, what you're sensing, and you know what you are doing too much of, what you're not getting enough of uh, emotionally. You know, um, men we're not emotional creatures by uh, by nature, but uh, we are not robots either. We do have emotions. You know, we don't think emotionally or feel emotionally. We do everything emotionally like women, but we do have emotions. So it's important to understand who you are emotionally. Uh, because one thing as men that we can do is that we suppress. We suppress. We have. I, I, I've always said this that, you know, I believe that every man has a space internally, you know, and I'm sure a lot of men out there can uh, recognize, you know, identify what I'm saying and agree with it. We have a space as men where it's this internal space. I don't know what to call it except for like I call it a man cave, maybe. We have this internal space where we just put things, where we go through things and we just put things. So because we're not emotional creatures and we don't react to things emotionally, we go through things and we'll just say, we have this space where we just put things and just like, uh, we just put it there and I'll deal with it later. But what happens when we do that? We don't deal with it. And then these things start to surface in other areas of our lives because they went unaddressed unresolved issues for so many years you know um, this is why you see so many men going back and forth to jail things that they haven't healed from uh, as a young adult as a young teenager as a young kid things that they weren't afraid to talk about because of what societal norms and what society told you you couldn't do you know you don't talk about that you don't do that especially if you grew up you know, and I, I know people, I know someone out there is probably going to say, oh, well, you got to throw the race card in there. But, you know, it's the truth, you know, and I believe on this podcast, we should speak the truth uh, in black families. You know, and I say this because, you know, I'm, I'm African-American as well. You know, in black families, we have this what I call sweeping under the rug mentality where a person go through a traumatic experience, you know, and a few people in the family know about it. But nobody really took it serious. And the years go by, years go by, you just kind of don't bring it up no more 
you know, just sweeping under the rug. And it could have been a traumatic experience, like someone got touched in an inappropriate way by that drunk uncle, or someone got molested or raped, or, you know, someone was taken advantage of or felt like they, uh, during it, you know, as a child, they weren't given any attention to their parents because their parents were the substance abuser or, or just things that they, you know, they felt like were done to them wrongfully and maliciously that they did not have uh, the opportunity to address whoever. These things permeate for years and years and years before you know it. Now we're raising a generation of kids that way all because of this sweeping under the rug mentality. A big dysfunction in African-American families. We have to be more self-aware of what's going on in our world, what's going on in our children's lives, what's going on with me on a daily basis because I am re-entering into this space now where I'm not incarcerated anymore. You know, where I have all the freedom to make all my decisions on my own. And I always haven't made good ones. But I have purpose within myself that I'm not going to go back to being behind those bars. So I have to be more self-aware when I'm feeling. I have to be more self-aware that, you know, maybe I'm not the best with settling conflict. So let me avoid conflict. Let me avoid people in situations who uh, get me in a space where I'm upset because that might not end well for me or for that person. So let me avoid that because that might cause me consequences. So I'm, until I'm able to, to, to deal with that better and to heal from past trauma that drove me to be that person to deal with situations like that, I'm going to avoid it. That's making a good decision. That's being self-aware of who you are. Being uh, self-aware that I'm not a person who has to please everybody. That everybody's not going to be pleased with my lifestyle that I choose. Even if I'm living right. You don't have to be doing anything wrong. You can be living right. But one thing about people is that people become very opinionated. People are very opinionated in nature. Everyone has an opinion to say about everything. And even if you're not careful, a person's opinion can become a belief system. (laughs) And then they start to believe their opinion becomes a belief on what on how you should live your life and then you find yourself trying to live up to someone else's standard understand that you're not going to please everybody understand that you can't please everybody it's it's, it's impossible you have to make your decisions for your life that are best for you you have to be that self-aware that I can't please everyone anymore I have to do what's best for me and if they don't like it, it's okay. I'll pray for them. I'll move on. God knows my heart. Self-awareness is critical. I can't emphasize that enough. That's critical. The last one. Having values dictates your behavior. Having values dictates your behavior. And I think that's just says a mouth. I think that's just self-explanatory. You know, that says a mouthful right there. Um, 
but you have identified the things in your life that are important to you, you're going to behave a certain way. You're going to develop certain kind of relationships, routines, habits. You're going to create a life for yourself that is change, that's life-changing, you know? Um, and you're going to incorporate people in your life who can feed that. Having values dictates behavior. So I hope this was a help tonight. Um, our next session will be next Sunday. Uh August 22nd I'm going to try to do this every Sunday night and be consistent with it um, this is an honor this is a privilege I'm so grateful to God to be able to get this started up again I do uh, plan on having guest speakers uh, pretty soon um, but every week it would be a different topic and just you know if I didn't say this in the beginning I just want to uh, say this at the end here um, this podcast is geared towards um, the re-entry population re-entry individuals from incarceration um, the goal of this podcast is to the goal of this podcast is to explore address and find resolve to the problematic social issues that re-entering men experience to prevent recurring incarceration or recidivism I'm going to say that again the goal of this podcast is to explore and find resolve to the problematic social issues that re-entering men experience to prevent recurrent incarceration or recidivism Recurrent incarceration is uh, recidivism. That's what that means. So we're, 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 we're trying to find ways to keep our men free, to keep you from guys, to keep our men from going back and forth, back and forth, in and out of those walls, in and out of those jails. You know, God wants you free. And I just want to say to everyone that's listening here, you know, whatever you're going through, I can understand that this might be a trying time. This might be a difficult time. But this is the time when God really shows up and does his best work. And you really have to just trust him. So if it feels like you're not getting answers from anywhere, family members, um, whatever the case may be, you just feel like you're just stuck and you're not getting answers. This is God trying to tell you that he wants you to totally be dependent on him and to trust in him. Don't turn back. Don't turn back. It's nothing there. You already know what's going to happen if you go back to doing what you did before. Life has already shown you that. And for those of you that are vacillating on making decisions to go back to the streets and do what you used to do or going back into that space of, you know, of negative thinking and criminogenic behavior. Look at where it got you. Look at where it got you. Don't be tricked and believe the lie, the enemy's lie, where he says that, you know, you can do it better this time. Because I've heard so many individuals come home from jail and say that, you know, uh, oh, yeah, I was hustling. I was getting money. But you know what? I got a better way to do it. This time I invest in the business and I'm going to, you know, get money like that. 
though. I'm, I got a way to clean the money now. I'm not gonna be on the block. I got pushers for me. I, I got ways I'm going. You know, they're, they're, they're put, trying to structure all these different ways to uh, to do it. You know, the street life. But you know, the streets have never loved anybody. The streets have never loved anybody. The grave is full of young men and older men, middle-aged men, who wish that they can have a second second chance because they thought the streets loved them. The jails right now are full of men because they thought the streets loved them. Don't go back. Don't go back. Life has thrown you. God has given you too many clues to let you know what's going to happen if you go back that way. And this is and if, if this is your second or third time returning back to society, maybe it's a time for you to really reflect and think and say, you know what? If God has given me another chance, then maybe the way that I was living wasn't for me. I'm not good at it. I'm not successful at it. I need to stay away from the streets. I need to stay away from those influences. I need to not go back to that way because this is this this doesn't work for me. Life has shown me that clue. God has shown me that. Why? Because of the consequences that I repeatedly suffered. It just doesn't work for me. You need to get honest with yourself. You need to be more self-aware with with your feelings, mentally, emotionally, everything that's going on, and just re- get, get reconnected with God. God loves you. God values you, and He wants to do something with your life. He who began a good work in you shall complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. This is the Reentry Podcast, Christian Reentry Podcast for Men. Uh, this concludes episode one of Values. We look forward to seeing you guys back next week. Once again, my name is Clarence C.J. Eversley. Um, God bless you in Jesus' name is my prayer. Um, once again. He who began a good work in you shall complete it until the day day of Jesus Christ. Until then, we are all unfinished. God bless you.